You're listening to Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers RPG podcast. Join the heroes of Icon as they defend Cybertronian civilization from the remnants of Cybertron First to Lord Starscream's egotistical leadership and beyond to the unknown threats on the other side of distant stars. Welcome, everyone, to this super special episode of Empire of Rust, the one and only Transformers RPG podcast. And I am joined by a couple of special guests today. Charles, formerly of the Transmissions podcast. Formerly? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. I, I think I, I think I need to check something. Hold on. <laughs> I think you lost a job without realizing it. <laughs> well, we live in the Twitter world nowadays, so you never know. Have I been canceled? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Charles. You have been fired. I'm just kidding. I'm sure your job is fine. Special guest star Yoshi. Yo! Formerly of the Transmissions cast. <laughs> <laughs> former former star of the Transmissions podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> I can get behind that. And our two returning players. We have uh, Matthew. Hello. And we have Patrick. Hey, everyone. And today we are doing a very special episode of Empire of Rust. We are doing a continuation of the Hell by Any Other Name episode that we did uh, back, uh, oh, when was it? Back like a year and a half ago? Has it really been that long? Yes. <laughs> wow. Truth be told, I had intended to do this back in like January, February, but then the world turned to crap. So, you know, mm, what can you do? But that's okay because we have. We have our players with us today, and we are going to jump in, and we're going to continue this story, and we're going to have a great time, a great time, no matter what Matthew has told us. <laughs> Sounds like a threat, Mike. <laughs> He's, Mike has assured us that if we have a great time, he will return our family members. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles can have his seat back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it happen. All right. We're just, you know what? We're just going to jump right in because the fans have waited long enough for this. They've waited a year and a half for this. No bullshit. Nothing. We're just going to go. We're going to just jump right straight the hell in. Scrapheap Seamoss, Professor Sprocket, and the indomitable Kiloton climb up the ladder leading away from the abattoir of dead bodies. All four of you put one arm in front of the other, each step leading you further from the horror below you. And each rung takes you further from the corpse of Necro and his undead zombie bots. At the top of the ladder, you emerge into the light of the Cybertronian evening. Surrounding you is a makeshift triage camp made up of the first responders from Central Reclamation. One of them reaches a hand down and helps you up into the free air of the city. And your ordeal is finally over. Or is it? Days later, Scrap Heap and the Professor are in Wheeljack's lab deep into research on the crystals they found. Charles, I want you to give me a life science check. The first roll of the adventure. Uh, okie dokie. Uh, Scrap Heap's been, uh, been working hard and, uh, he has advanced a couple levels, so he's, he's actually got a pretty good score there. So let's see if the dice are kind. Life science check is 20. Total 20. Not a natural 20, just 20. Solid start to the app. Hope you guys are taking notes. This is how you should be rolling. <laughs> so, Scrappy, you have been doing research on these crystals that both you and the professor grabbed some samples of back in the last episode. And after like several days of checking on these and, and subjecting them to tests, you realize that these crystals are a form of contaminated energon. And continued exposure to them causes a uh, Cybertronian's neural pathways to separate. Uh, 
This causes different parts of the mind to act independently of others, creating what's effectively a split personality. The insanity that Necro exhibited during the fight was probably because parts of his mind were, were being torn apart. Oh my. Pretty awful, horrific stuff. Uh, and you've kind of determined that it's the radiation from this contaminated energon that was, was causing this. It's like, so it's bicameral energon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it separates out, like, all of the, like, the energy, like, within your mind. And it, like, starts to, it, not just bicameral, but it separates into, like, multiple pieces. And then each piece effectively is growing in its own way. Given enough time, each of those pieces may actually grow into a completely separate and and well-rounded personality. But as of right now, they are they're not well-rounded. Not at all. Given the circumstances, well-rounded seems a bit optimistic, but... Mm. So it's, a, it's effectively like forced but, ego dissolution. I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do they actually turn into like four physical separate brain modules in the, in the bot's head that could be implanted in other bots? <laughs> uh, you don't think so. You think it's just like all the, the neural energy within the brain. Okay. Well, that's a horse of a different color. And this is the kind of like stuff you guys were exposed to too. This is this is dangerous stuff. In fact, Scrap Heap, I'm gonna need you to roll a quick will save. Oh my. <laughs> Thirteen. Thirteen. You feel fine. You don't feel like there's anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um is is do I can I uh shield these like do we have we isolated the radiation that these things are giving off can we put them in like some containing containment places so that they are not no longer affecting us yeah absolutely uh, and i'm sure that you're actually doing this in a real scientific laboratory so of course you're going to have the the equipment needed to to block radiation and to uh, uh to kind of just keep all of your your potentially radioactive specimens uh contained <laughs> okay and could i could i do a um like, can I do a, a science check to make sure that I'm actually all right? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a physical science check. Okay. Do you have physical science? Yes, I do. Uh, 22. 22. Uh, yes, you are You are convinced that you got to it soon enough uh, and, and whatever radiation, like the radiation that has come out from these crystals, uh, although several pieces and several parts of equipment several pieces of equipment within the laboratory and probably the laboratory itself uh is contaminated you do know enough that you, you think you can uh decontaminate what's the word for it clean uh sterilize sterilize yes thank you and scrap people with that physical science trick since you got it uh so high you actually learn a little bit extra with it. So you are analyzing the, the radiation and you analyze like the quantum signature of the, 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 uh, the radiation and the crystals. And you can determine that these crystals are not native to Cybertron. So these, uh, these come from a place far, far away. Uh, and as you do a little bit of research, you can figure out that the, the quantum signature is, uh, it has, it's, again, it does not match anything with Cybertron, but it actually has a lot of similarities to uh, the, uh, the quantum signature of the Benzuli Expanse. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> not the Benzuli uh, Expanse. That, uh, well, I mean... Um, Why did you have to roll so high? <laughs> <laughs> That's bad news, bears. Uh, these things are a special delivery straight from the dead universe. That's a bad. That's a bad idea, genes. <laughs> uh, can we tell? Uh, is am I work? Am I working with Wheeljack here in his lab? So th can I have I? Can I talk to Wheeljack and make sure he's aware of this? Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, once you're uh, once you're satisfied that you you really can't learn any more from the crystals, and once you've analyzed the the signatures, you put together a uh, you and the professor put a report together and uh, deliver that to to Wheeljack, telling him of all your your findings. All right, Wheeljack. Here's the deal: the uh, we need to we need to take these crystals as uh, and these are very dangerous. Um, 
I want to stay alive, so uh, we need to keep these things as far away from us as possible. I, I am not interested in taking a trip to the dead universe. Yeah, me neither. In fact, what I'm going to do here is uh, we're, we're actually going to take this report. We're going to uh, send it up a little bit. I'm going to talk to Ironhide and see if we can maybe find uh, some other way of dealing with this. Because uh, the, these crystals, nah, we can't have these crystals in here. And if they're coming in and, and if they're contaminating the, the substrate of Cybertron, mm, that's not going to be good at all. Question. Uh... Is the uh, just because I, I'm not just not familiar with it, but is the dead universe like kind of like a oh antimatter versus matter sort of thing, or is it just like a section of space that they call the dead universe? It is an actual dement like alternate dimension, you know, universe pocket dimension. I get or you know, it's basically I think they call it like unspace or you know it's 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 a different dimension and everything that goes in there is like drained of life. Okay. So it's like the, it's uh, like the negative so energy plane in other games. That's that's a that's a good analogy. Yeah. Okay. If you go if you go in there uh you are you know you are basically zombified or you know turned into a you can you can you you can still survive when you're in the dead universe but if you come back to our universe you will you know you'll either start to disintegrate or you'll start to draw you need you'll need to like draw energy from other things like you'll become a vampire or a zombie essentially interesting we're so taking a road trip aren't we (laughs) (laughs) can we go to the like the slightly (laughs) the slightly ill universe instead of the dead universe (laughs) (laughs) the transformers have developed technology and equipment to shield you from the effects of the dead universe so like if you know someone who has developed this equipment, they could potentially, you could potentially survive that. But it's not standard issue. It's pro- it's pretty exotic, and probably only a few bots are aware of how to build such equipment. Okay, good to know. So true to his word, Wheeljack does bring your findings to Ironhide, and the two of them have a talk, and uh, the two of them decide that, well. It, it, you're going to need to send a team in to to determine where this stuff is coming from because if it's just growing in Cybertron then someone may have put it there and it needs to be excised or if someone actually brought it with them and put it there intentionally uh, maybe others are going to do the, try to do the same thing so they re- Ironhide realizes that a team is going to need to be sent and this is going to need to be investigated and something is going to need to be figured out for this So one day, while you are in the lab there, Scrap Heap, Wheeljack comes in and hands you a data pad, and on it is a message from Ironhide. Scrap Heap, I'm going to need you to head back down into the catacombs of Cybertron. I'm sending a team with you. Since you are one of the few bots who actually experienced everything down there, they're going to need your expertise. In two days' time, a couple of uh, a couple of soldiers are going to come and meet you at Wheeljack's lab, and you'll proceed from there. Find out if there's any threat to the planets. See if you can figure out where Necro came from, if he's by himself or if he's a part of something bigger. And I just need you and the team to go ahead and deal with this. My security forces are stretched way too thin right now, so I'm going to need to to rely on all of you to deal with this. End message. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more bothered about heading into the dead verse. (laughs) As you should be. Yeah, scrap scrap heaps not too keen on uh, on going back into the catacombs after his last ordeal, but I guess a bot's got to do what a bot's got to do. But I did almost die last time, so uh, <laughs> I'm hoping Ironhide's sending some some. Uh, I guess what what's the analog for muscle for for, for transformers? Pistons, <laughs> pistons, sending some big pistons. <laughs> Wheeljack. Uh, you're you're a veteran of the of the Autobot Decepticon War. Any chance you could join us? I'm far too busy, guys. 
I got way too many projects in the air and so many things to make. You know how it is. I'm sending tons of other player characters to their deaths all day long. I just, I'm swamped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what know what happened to the, those uh, sons of glitches, Seamoss, uh, <laughs> Professor Sprocket. They 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 just they just bailed on me. I'm the, I'm the only one left who has to who got sent back in. <laughs> sons of glitches. That's that's wonderful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I'll get <laughs> not even kill a ton. <laughs> nice. I I hereby move that we retitle this adventure Sons of Glitches. <laughs> I can get behind that. You're late. So incredibly late. You only received the message 20 minutes ago, but you're already late. The message said 0800 and it's almost 0900. Lake Pistons chew up the distance as the science directorate building comes into view. You dart across the lane, cutting in front of vehicular traffic, causing a bus to slam on its brakes before it runs you over. Hey, yo, I'm driving here. The bus transforms its fender and shakes an angry fist at you as you dash into the open door, right between the legs of an exiting scientist, bowling her over in your haste. You skip the elevator, opting instead for the stairs downward into the secure wing of the science building. You jump up and get your paw on the security reader, opening the blast door and race down the hall, past stunned scientists to a door at the end. The sign reads... Wheeljacks. Inside, the door to Wheeljack's lab slides open, revealing four bots inside. Leaning over a workstation, attention focused on a data pad is what looks like a junkion. And Charles, what does this bot look like? Uh, you know, he he's got he's got bits of uh, metal and and uh, scrap hanging all over him. He's a you can you can tell uh, he turns into uh, some kind of uh, tow truck vehicle uh, in uh, vehicle mode. But he he looks like a, a little bit patchworky. Uh, you can tell he's a he's a junkie on, and uh, his speech pattern is very odd. He throws in a lot of cultural references, uh, but since no one is from Earth, no one gets the references because he he takes all he he spent a lot of time on Earth and got really into the Simpsons and Star Trek there. But uh, no one else, no one else on Cybertron understands him. Oh, those poor people! <laughs> you and Magnum need to have a conversation here. Think he'd really get you. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably the only other one. Him and his newfangled Simpsons. <laughs> you're far too colorful for Magnum's liking. Magnum's all black and white. You're like this riot of colors. <laughs> <laughs> their their handshake meme meeting would be the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Guess we got to follow the Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> In the back corner of the room, a bot is sitting cross-legged, back to the wall. Patrick, what does this guy look like? Uh, he's a uh, very, very thin robot. Um, has a very small head, surprisingly large armpit areas, and has these kind of like sharp protrusions going up and down its arms. Ooh, sounds dangerous. Well, he's, he's got his eyes closed and he's leaning up against the wall, so how dangerous could I be? <laughs> In the center of the room, standing at attention while speaking to Ironhide, is a silver bot, Autobot symbol displayed proudly on his chest. Yoshi, what, is, uh, what does this fella look like? This fellow is uh, stainless steel looking from head to toe. He has a shoulder cannon mounted on his right side. He has uh, two blasters attached to the top of his wrists on either hand, either arm. He looks like an imposing 
I think we said pistons for muscles. He looks like an opposing piston, uh, <laughs> piston built bot. I guess he's got the he's got the servos, right? He looks strong. He looks beefy <laughs> in all the ways I am not. Beefcake. <laughs> That's a joke that uh, Scrap Heap should make. <laughs> I'm too busy looking at my data pad. <laughs> and lastly, standing in the doorway, standing at an impressive knee height, is a hopping, sniffing, metallic bunny. Matt, what does this look like? Well, you gotta, he's, he looks like... Uh... A large but small compared to the rest of them. Uh, metal rabbit. He's sort of a matte gunmetal silver, sort of darker than Mr. Shiny over here, but uh, not as reflective. He just sort of looks back and forth suspiciously and wiggles his nose a bit. He's mainly that gunmetal color, but he does have a, a prominent blue Decepticon badge on his back. Ooh! And he is just going to uh, look around the room. Autobots and Decepticons don't mix. <laughs> well, the Autobot can leave, can he? Petro rabbits. <laughs> Let's keep it civil here. <laughs> we'll see. Not civil war. Sorry, wrong choice of words. <laughs> civil, just just civil, just plain civil. Monty, I'm glad you could finally make it. And I'm glad my message reached you on time. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. We're doing a, a little research there on the field. I uh, got here as quick as I could there. What's up? Well, I sent messages to each of you detailing the situation. But I think Scrap Heap over here could probably brief you more uh, better than I could. So, Scrap Heap, why don't you tell these fellas what you found... Uh, two weeks ago, down in the catacombs. Uh, alright, everyone, uh, yeah, Scrap Heap's a name, Junk Science is my game, because I'm a Junkion, not because my science is junk. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've been, uh, I was, uh, trapped in the catacombs beneath Cybertron, uh, barely got out with my life. Uh, and down there we found these weird crystals, uh, they look like Energon, but uh, they were green in color and uh, don't fuel up on them. They're not good energon. Uh, after taking them back to Wheeljack's lab, uh, we analyzed them and uh, found out these things are from the dead universe. Which, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's in the name. It's pretty bad, so you don't want to go there. Um, so... We don't know where these things came from, but if there is a portal or connection or conduit to the dead universe somewhere beneath Cybertron, that's a bad. So we need to we need to make sure that's uh, that's not happening. Or it, you know, if there is something down there, we need to make sure it's closed and not fill, spilling into Cybertron here because. Yeah, a leak from the dead universe is not gonna is you know not gonna be good for Cybertron. So, I think we need to take care of that. What would we roll for just casual knowledge about the dead universe and character? Uh, that would be a mysticism check. Do you want us, you want us to roll that now? Uh, yeah, if you want to, go for it. Well, that's a great way to start the adventure off. <laughs> yeah, I got a four for my aid. I rolled a nineteen. Does that how how does I how do I calculate the modifier for aiding? So if you hit a uh, if you hit ten, it's plus two. If you hit twenty, it's plus four. Thirty is plus six. Plus two then. Uh, so I have a thirty just on my by myself. Yeah, wow. this is it's, it's one of my best <laughs> skills, and I rolled a nineteen. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and then was it 30, 32 total then? Unless Wheeljack is, yep. is aiding us, in which case it's probably going to be higher. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's way too busy to help us in any, any way. Yeah. Totally busy. All right. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys heard the story about the first arc leaving Cybertron. Uh, that was with 
Nova Prime, he took a group out to explore the galaxy, and they never returned. Well, that's not quite quite true, because they did return just a few cycles ago, and they tried to kill everyone. So we found out later on that their ship had been tossed into the dead universe at a portal at the Benzuli Expanse, which is how we figured out that these crystals uh, were were also from the dead universe. They had the same signature as the Benzuli Expanse. And the dead universe is a place where bots go in and they don't come out. Or when they do come out, they have become, for want of a better word, uh, evil zombie bots. So, yeah, the dead universe uh, sucks the life out of everything that touches it. It comes in contact with it. And uh, it even turns the bots that go into it into agents of... uh, We're not sure if there's some kind of sentience or uh intelligence behind the dead universe that wants to bleed into ours but it seems like the bots that come back actively try to bring the dead universe into our universe and that's bad um do the uh the technical term is bad (laughs) do these uh zombie bots retain like intelligence yes they do and that that's that's the scary part they it's like they're they have all the knowledge that they had when they were alive, I guess. But their but, priorities are are shifted. Yes, okay. exactly. That's much more dangerous than just robot zombies. Yes, sort of like local government. So yeah, not wa- <laughs> more uh, more True Blood, less Walking Dead. Son of a bitch, Matt. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess they I guess they'd be vampires rather than zombies. Okay. Quick question, Mike: Am I here to as primarily covering information or assisting? Because I have a news well, a news contact sent me here, and I was I was I was uh, on a research story. So are they, they they send me here because they need uh, assistance, or they want? Are they, or am I sent here to to cover it as like a news story? Both. Ironhide thinks you're you're there to help, and Circuit thinks you're there to cover the story. All right. So I suppose the 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 real answer is to whatever your character's motivation is. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen anyway. I'm just very curious. <laughs> My cover story. It's going to say like yeah, like so like let's uh there's this possibly reality threatening concept that we knew have no information about, but let's send a reporter in so that we he can get firsthand knowledge <laughs> to. Spread the virus. Thank you. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to want to know about the dead universe leaking into our sewers and tunnels and metroplexes, metroplexes toenails. <laughs> so what exactly do you want us to do about it? I want you four to head down into the catacombs and investigate what is going on down there. Uh, tra- see if you can track whatever the the source of these crystals are to their source, and if there's any other threat to to uh, Iacon, if you actually find someone there who's causing this, uh, go ahead and, and deal with them. Make certain that they're not a threat anymore. All right, deal with them. Yep. You want them terminated? Y- y- yes, yes, Scrappy. But I would like them terminated. Yes. All right, I'll need a guarantee of exclusivity here. Oh, what? Well, uh, yeah. Well, s- since you're the the only uh, the only person there, we're not going to be sending any of the teams in unless uh, you don't make it back. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah. Uh, nevertheless, I need I need it. I think the news is by definition non-monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I could certainly get exclusive um, elsewhere. So you're a reporter? I thought we we needed uh, Ironhide. I thought you were sending soldiers with me to you know hey, hey, take hey, care hey, of this hey. threat. I mean, we, we yeah, need, you don't we think I'm you don't think I'm tapping up there, pal? No. <laughs> I mean, at least you 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 look like the Easter Bunny, and uh, I, Is my, Earth, I, do I look adorable to you? For... Am I a joke? Is my tail fuzzy? <laughs> Does my nose wiggle cutely? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Kind of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, while, while do you mass shift in robot mode? Or do you, you know, let me see you bulk up a little bit. It's none of your business. 
<laughs> Got any weapons? Hiding any weapons in the in those floppy ears? <sighs> a hatch will open in, in his back, and a articulated arm with a large rotary saw in the back comes out and spins up. <laughs> that good enough? I guess we'll see. I mean, uh, I thought Decepticons were warriors. What is that? Uh, uh, like, do I have to convince you there, pal? Never seen, a, never seen a cute and cuddly Decepticon. Ironhide, sir. What is it, Shatter? I'm here because I owe you one. Now, if I understand this mission correctly, you want me to take this ragtag group of miscreants down into the depths of Cybertron to go fight some sort of zombie-like robot virus with a no-good mechanical rodent Decepticon tinker toy. <laughs> you are pushing it. That's why I didn't give you the option on this one, Shatter. I knew this was going to be the reaction. But you don't need to worry about Monty down there. He's a capable warrior. I've seen his work myself. Scrap Peep here has first-hand experience with these crystals and the, the zombies that it can create. Or the vampires, whatever you want to call them. And Calibur over in the back over there. From what I'm told, he is a capable warrior. I have not seen his work myself, but he comes very highly recommended. I will let Calibur speak for himself on that front. But yes, I want... You to take this team and find out what is happening. For the love of sir, sir, let me see your data pad. <laughs> and he hands. Uh, you talking over. to me? Somebody let somebody lacks a certain amount of self confidence, I guess. I mean, Sir Ironhide, who has tactical authority on this mission? That would be Shatter here. Okay. So Shatter uh, punches a couple of things on his data pad. Long enough till somebody asks what he's doing. Uh, you're typing a, lo- a little long there, uh, Shatter, uh, Shatterbot, <laughs> Shatterlight Ding Dong. Uh, what's going on there? Will and Testament. He gives you an. He looks at you in the eye, hands the data pad back to Ironhide, and says, "Updating my will." <laughs> <laughs> Called it. Yeesh. Tough crowd. I hate to do this to you. I know I'm just, we're, I know we're just throwing you in to the deep end on this one. But our security forces are spread really thin. And we need more. Uh, we just need more security bots. Unfortunately. And I'm dealing with, uh, with several missing ones myself. So for the time being, it's going to have to be you four. Don't worry, Ironhide. I'm sure we can compensate for having an Autobot in the group. So, we'll take care of it. Shadow would like to point his wrist at the rodent and have it start glowing. Be like, that'll be enough from you. (laughs) Make it happen or don't wave it around there, bro. I think that'll be enough from everybody, children. (laughs) All right, folks. Time's a-wasting. Go ahead and head on over to the catacombs. Uh, it's been cleaned up. You'll find uh, the, uh, uh, the the camp from Central Reclamation is still out there, just making certain that everyone stays clear from it. But we did open up a, a new passage in the western wall of that cavern you climbed out of. So, time's a-wasting. Get on going. And you guys will head out of the Science Directorate and start making your way over to... Uh, the uh, the cavern that you that you escaped from a couple weeks ago. How's uh how's Scrappy feeling about this, huh? This is this is a rough time for you. I uh, I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone, I'll just say, uh, keep your guard up. If you run into any Sharktacons, do not try to talk to them. Just uh, just shoot them. <laughs> I learned that lesson the hard way. Have no fear, Scrap Peep. You didn't have me with you last time. Yeah, fancy pants uh, here. Well, what's your story? What's my story? Yeah, I mean... I am a student of Yoketron, master of the Metallico martial arts style. Uh, you got any guns on you? Or do you, or do you only 
hit people. <laughs> um, I am the weapon. So, so you turn into a gun? No. Something far more civilized. <laughs> you throw the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me, Autoface. A more elegant weapon for a more civilized age. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to be standing in the back. You guys can go first. <laughs> I'll go first. You know, tunnels. <laughs> I'll go behind the rodent, because in chess, the pawns go first. <laughs> it's a shame you'll never become a player. <laughs> Good one, Spikey. <laughs> Urge to kill, right? <laughs> hey, I like this guy. Totally forgot. Yoshi can dish it out, but he can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ironhide must be really hurting for bots. What about the rest of you? What what sort of training do you have? The name's Shatter. I've been a cop on Cybertron for the last several years. Before then, Ironhide and I were pretty tight. He rescued me from several tight scraps, if you will. Would you, would you go as far as he rescued you from a heap of scraps? Hey, I was <laughs> never there. Okay. <laughs> so you're a soldier then? Yes. A warrior? I am. Did you fight in the war? I did. How does that make you feel? That the war is over? Because the war is over. He rubs his Autobot badge and then continues walking. Ooh. So that's a sensitive spot right there, apparently. It's on my chest, yeah. <laughs> what about you, uh, Calibi, Calibi, Calibi? You an Autobot or a Decepticon or not taking sides? Sir, it's Sir Caliber, tenth of my name. I did not participate in the war. I was elsewhere. I have been taught to seek balance in all things. So I find that both Autobots and Decepticons tend to be extremists. Not all of them, of course, but enough to... I don't, I'm not swayed either way. Autobots and Decepticons tend to be more concerned about being right than about doing what is right. I'm just more about right now getting the heck out of here. <laughs> hey, we're not even underground yet there, pal. What about you, Monty? Uh, I've been here and... How did you join this? Here and there and everywhere. Doing some freelance reporting for a circuit there. He sent me along, but used to do a little chewing in the war and parts reclamation, strap metal, you know, that sort of thing. Odds and ends, ups and downs. You know, seen every inside outside. I don't think I've ever heard somebody use so many words to say nothing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just scrapper, just scrapper. That's all. A scavenger, eh? Uh, you know, a this group has a, a lot of scrap in their history, apparently. <laughs> hey, scrap, uh scrap heaps, scrapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. When you're when you're made of junk, junk rules everything around you. The four of you make your way down the ladder back into the catacombs that Scrap Heap escaped from nearly two weeks ago. But this time, instead of encountering a mountain of broken bodies, the cavern is clean. The glow of the mountain emergency lights illuminates the space, chasing the shadows away. Although the detritus has been cleaned up, a new passageway was opened against the western wall, the light failing to penetrate into its darkness. So just so we can get a uh, kind of an idea of what, we're, what you're heading into, this 150-foot circular cavern was the resting place of dozens of decapitated and dismembered automatons. Mounted emergency lights fill the once dark space with light, allowing the abattoir to feel more like a cavern and less like a tomb. To the south, a passage leads into a maze of twisting tunnels that Scrap Heap and his sidekicks found themselves in after the building collapsed. To the west, a new passage, recently opened, leads off into the darkness. Uh, can I make a perception check when we enter the room just to kind of 
get a feel for the place. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. You're in it now. I have a I have a 19. An aid for two. So a 21 total? I guess it smells more like death or more like cleaning products at this point. <laughs> uh, it smells more like cleaning products right now, yeah. Uh, you've heard you've heard all about the Scrap Heap's adventure. I'm sure he told you all about it on the, the trip over here. Uh, and you know that in the center of this cavern was a giant pile of dead bodies. And you would expect, you know, like energon stains, oil, stuff like that, just kind of be like residue on it. But it looks like the, it's been just scrubbed clean. Uh, and everything kind of has this like, very sterile kind of antiseptic kind of quality about it. Even, you know, even like the walls and everything too, it, it looks like someone took like uh, extra care to be sure that whatever was down here is now no longer there. Um, but the cavern itself seems pretty nondescript. Uh, you can't even tell like a, a battle happened here before. Well, do, did, uh, did they already, did the authorities send people down here to clean it up or is this like something that we're surprised by uh you're not surprised by it uh, it it was like talked about and everything that happened at least like what was going on in the cavern was public knowledge it's it was reported maybe even monty had a had a hand in writing the story about it who knows can't put anything on me <laughs> but like, what went on in this cavern is not secret, so you would expect that someone in the, the previous two weeks would have come in to help clean and just deal with the, the bodies that were here. Does the place have, like, a spiritual stench to it? Oh, yeah. Antiseptic can't uh, remove that. Uh, can I make a sense motive on my uh, party members to see, like, are, are they hiding anything? Like, is, did something else happen here? that they know about that I think the only one you could make it against would be uh, Scrappy because he was the only one that was actually here but yeah if you'd like to god damn it natural one (laughs) Uh, so I have a so that's a 12 Charles what do you want him to believe you can tell him whatever you want (laughs) okay (laughs) no it was it was a pretty nasty scene down here I mean we it was a there was this crazy bot who was bringing dead bodies, you know, back to life, and and we had to fight him. I I almost died here, uh, you know. If it wasn't for that crazy Decepticon Kiloton and Seamoss, uh, that Autobot Scout, I, I never th- would have thought Autobots and Decepticons would work together. But I guess uh, we're here again. Uh, things change, but. Uh, I made it out alive, uh, but I I can understand why they wanted to clean this place up because uh, yeah this um, you know this would this would give protoforms nightmares. At least we know where all the manpower that that Ironhide was talking about that he doesn't have is going to. It's <laughs> <laughs> deep deep cleaning and sterilizing underground death chambers. Mismanagement of resources. I have some experience with. Reanimation. This is the first time I've seen it done to bots. I've seen it's uh, it's easier to do to organic beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if there's a similarity in the methods. I guess we'll find out. Well, I mean, organics tend to you know they they tend to get stinky when uh, their their bodies uh, expire. I mean, with the you know us, us robotic beings, it's. I think it's just a matter of, you know, putting some artificial, uh, uh, some, you know, artificial animation into the, in, back into the body and, and getting it up and running again. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, they're not able to recall the spark from, I don't know, the, the all spark, the after spark, wherever, wherever sparks go when they're extinguished. But uh, to just get a body moving again with, you know, some minimal force, I think it just takes a little bit of energy on and, a lot of luck. That's a deep <laughs> cut, Charles. Yeah, the faster we go in, I guess the faster we can come back. I guess we should uh, get moving. Okay, I'm going to take a peek down this dark hallway. Monty, lead the way. <laughs> got it, Cap. What is going to be the party order going forward, just so I know? Monty will be in front. I'm guessing uh, it would be probably Monty first, then Shatter second, and then Scrap Heap and myself. Yep. 
Yeah, I like I like having someone in front and behind me. <laughs> That's that makes me feel safe. I like someone looking at my behind, so this works. <laughs> Scrap heap. Do you have uh, martial training? You know, I can. I, I'm I'm a junkie on, so you know, it's a pretty bru- it was a pretty brutal planet. I uh, you know I grew up on, so I can swing an axe and I can shoot a gun. I'm uh, you know I, I can handle myself in a fight. I'm happy to hear that. The only other times I were ever captured in war was when I was attacked from behind, so I'm glad you're back there. (laughs) I'll watch your back, Shatter. Make sure you don't shatter that aft. (laughs) I've been working those blue pistons. He doesn't want that to go to waste. Does your rabbit mode have have any uh, see-in-the-dark properties uh, there, Monty? I was just going to ask that. What's the, uh, the lighting situation for you folks? Monty has low light vision. And a flashlight, if necessary. Yeah, I also have no, no special ability to see. Is it? Can we assume that all like if, if if you're a vehicle mode, you have some like lights somewhere on your like on your bot mode? <laughs> no, because have you ever heard of this uh, this racer called Sweet Spot? <laughs> He's got stickers for headlights. Uh, do you have an actual like light like a like a flashlight or lights uh, like item? Uh, I did not pick one. Can I retroactively have, pick, put one in my inventory? I have enough tech slots for it. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mike, Mike, since the Tinker Toy is ahead of me, can I put my safety on? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the tunnel curves and twists for several miles continuing on a linear path downwards. After traveling for about an hour, you come to your first side passage. It looks like the passage narrows before it curves off into the left. So what you're seeing right now is the the tunnel is a very roughly hewn tunnel straight through the, the, the material of Cybertron. And for the most part, it continues on straight and, and it, you know, it curves and meanders here and there, but most for the most part, heading downwards. Uh, on your right is an opening that looks like a small side tunnel. You're looking into it, and it looks like that side tunnel narrows down, and then it eventually curves off uh, into, the, uh, into the darkness. Can I make a uh, survival check? Like, are, have people already been walking this way? And something like a physical science to know, like, is this natural to Cybertron or is this corrupted somehow by the thing that we're here for? You absolutely can, but Monty is going to get first crack at it because he specifically said he was scouting ahead. Okay. Well, I did a survival of 19 if you want to aid. So. Uh, I have a 24, so I add 4. 23 for survival. And my physical science is only in 11. Okay. Uh, Monty, I do want you to give me a perception check, though, uh, in addition to that, sur- uh, and in addition to the survival. Can I do stealth as well? Uh, if you'd like to, sure. I can do physical science if that's uh, if we are doing if we are still doing that at some point. Let me resolve the the uh, the perception survival first. Then you guys can do the physical science. A uh, nineteen for stealth, fifteen for perception. Okay, okay. You notice uh, one important detail as soon as you walk up to the tunnel entrance uh, that there's footprints that lead into that smaller side tunnel. Uh, And with that survival check, you can tell that these footprints are at least a month old. All right. Are they bot prints or tracks of an animal of some sort? They look like the footsteps of a bipedal uh, being. Can we determine how many walkers there are? Would you get for your survival? 20, 21? No, 20, 23. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, it looks like just one. Now you want to roll a physical science, so we'll say that you guys have caught up with, uh, with Monty. So what would you like to go ahead okay. and roll up your physical science? Uh, maybe I should take this one and you can aid me. Sure. Okay. I mean, I rolled. I rolled my eleven, so I'll, I'll I'll add plus two if that's allowed. 
I just kind of figured, like, as we're walking by, we just kind of, like, rub our hands on the wall and be like, oh, wait, this has got that weird purple texture that is only seen in the southern portions of blah, 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 <laughs> you know? I got a 31, so 33. <laughs> Damn. Damn, Charles. That's a big roll. With a 33, you are confident that this is a natural formation. Oh, okay. Uh, you think that as like Cybertron's surface was reformed, uh, there's likely these these pockmarked like these pocked tunnels throughout the majority of the the, the underground part of uh, of the planet. Uh, and you're probably you we wouldn't be surprised to find that there are like natural like energon re- reservoirs down here, maybe even like an underground river of some kinds, uh, maybe lava fields and stuff. So like, there's a huge amount of uh, like natural looking like natural phenomenon that you can that you can find. I spent a long time staring at stones. So something I noticed now. Mm. Is this side tunnel natural? That is a good question, and I will roll over that physical science check so you can learn that it is not natural. That looks like it was dug or carved somehow. Well, we got footprints and an artificial tunnel, so it probably is worth checking out the side tunnel. Lead on, Sir Monty. <laughs> sure thing, Chief. Let's make a deal. <laughs> Go forward. And to us, I will stealth. So you follow the side tunnel down a little ways, and once it turns a corner, it only goes about another four or five feet. But you notice that the tunnel is actually getting smaller as it gets further in. And by the time you hit the end of the tunnel, the opening is only about three feet wide. Uh, The rest of you can make it in. However, it's going to be a very tight fit for you. Monty, you're fine. So you follow the tunnel down. You see the opening. You... Pop your head through the opening, and we'll see you next time. So you and don't you, add you that stick, in an editing. You, you, you stick your neck out and. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Empire of Rust special. As always, Empire of Rust was conceived, written, and GM'd by Michael Ordway. Patrick Finn played the living weapon, Caliber. Decepticon Vorpal Bunny Monty was played by Matthew G. Yusuf Tanha, better known as Yoshi, was the Autobot powerhouse Shatter. And yours truly, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, was that lovable junkie on Scrap Heap. For more adventures with Shatter, check out Yoshi's G1-themed project, Transformers Reanimated, at transformersreanimated.com. Empire of Rust is part of the Transmissions Podcast Network. For all the latest news in the Transformers multiverse... Listen to the Transmissions Podcast at transmissionspodcast.com.